0: Aloha and good morning. New Hope Community Church, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your worship experience with us. Man, just when we thought we were over Hurricane Douglas and then now with the rises in COVID cases, we have our 14-day travel quarantine and all the parks and the beaches are now closed. Uh, until further notice, man, it's a little bit humbug. but um, good news is that, you know, we have the Word of God and we have each other. Uh, let's remember the golden rule, right? Not the silver rule of, of passively not doing unto others what you want, don't want them to have be done to you, but we want to be active, right? And let's make sure that we wear our masks, make sure that we practice social distance make sure that we honor our governmental authorities and uh, continue to plug into church. Well, if you open your Bibles today to Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 15, we're going to be talking about uh, false prophets. And specifically, Jesus tells us twice that you could tell a false prophet by their fruits. In verse 16, you will recognize them. By their fruits, and verse 20, Jesus concludes this by saying, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Um, one of the great things about, I love about my, my father, my dad, is that he, is, he has a green thumb. He's always had like a garden growing up. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad, one of two things he does really, really well in regards to uh, gardening and uh, growing fruit is one is that he could peel a mango in one long strip to make it look like a snake and up until you know all my life (laughs) from a little boy to now I'm still amazed that he could peel one mango into himself. But the second thing that he does really well is that uh, he knows how to pick just the most delicious and sumptuous watermelon and i got a hold of him a couple weeks ago and uh, he told me his secret and i'm going to share with you because we're going to be talking about fruit and how you can tell if something's a good fruit and a good fruit can only come from a good tree and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit and here's a tip there's three things number one he says is look at the uh, stem of the watermelon okay and if the stem is green it means that it's not good because it wasn't fully riped when they picked it out. But if the stem of the watermelon is like brown, it means that it's ripe already. Second tip is if there's yellow spots, if there's a big yellow spot around it, it means it's ripe and it's ready to go. And all the Filipinos, I don't know if it's a Filipino thing or not, but you knock on the watermelon and if you knock, And it feels hollow, boom, boom. It means there's a lot of juice and a lot of water in it. And it's super, oh no, it's super good. So there's a tip on how you could choose a great watermelon this summer. Now, Jesus warns us and he tells us about false prophets and how you can tell if someone's a true prophet or a false prophet or a true teacher or a teacher from a false preacher and teacher and ultimately he says it comes down to their fruit let's look at Matthew chapter 7 verse 15 beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves wow you will recognize them by their fruits are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles so, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit, uh oh, is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. This is the word of the Lord. Now, these next couple of weeks we'll listen as Jesus masterfully draws his Sermon on the Mount into conclusion. And like any good teacher, he just doesn't leave us with head knowledge and principles and ideas. He actually prompts us to action. He asks his listeners to respond to his message. And what he does uh, is that he proposes a series of contrasts that will challenge uh, his readers to consider them and he basically gives them two ways right do they resemble a citizen of heaven or citizen of earth remember last week there's two kinds of gates the narrow gate which very few enter difficult gate but it leads to eternal life or is it the wide gate or the wide road that leads to destruction Today we're going to be talking about the genuine prophet or false prophet, which one will you listen to? The following week we'll be talking about there are two kinds of servants, which one will you be? And he concludes it with two kinds of foundation, which one will you build your life upon? Are you going to live it on obedience or are you just going to live it on temporary feelings? Now last week we talked about the about the narrow gate and the wide gate and i believe jesus remember we we have to think of this like a comprehensive thought it's one cohesive unit and the thought is this that there's a correlation or there's a connection or a marriage between a wide gate that many people enter because of false prophets And the narrow gate, which very few people enter or will listen to because they're the true or genuine prophets. And here's the main point that I want us to walk away with, which I believe is the message and the thrust of what Jesus is saying. Would you write this down? The fruit of a false teacher will ultimately be revealed in two ways in their character are in their teaching. Let me repeat that the fruit or the manifestation or the substance of a false teacher will ultimately ultimately be revealed in their character and in their teaching. You see, fruit is one of God's favorite metaphors in the Bible for describing what our lives organically produce based on what our hearts believe and what our hearts love. Peppered all throughout the Old Testament to the New Testament, right? Psalm 23, He shall be like a tree planted by streams of living water. In its season they would yield forth its fruit. Look at Proverbs 14, verse 14, Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10, Jeremiah 17, verse 10, John, Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. That the fruit or the substance of who you are is reflected in what you believe and what you love. And ultimately what you believe and what you love, it will ultimately come out. That it will be made manifest and Jesus says it twice that he just so that we don't miss it that we will recognize true prophets and false prophets by their fruits that good trees don't prepare don't produce bad fruit and bad trees don't present, don't produce good fruit and you know trees and fruit trees it it starts off with a little seed my son judah we had um, some friends bring over a mango tree and he looked up youtube and uh, he saw a tutorial of how to grow your own mango tree out of a mango seed so you know it started off as a seed and he sliced it took out the case put uh, toothpicks on it it's been a month now but that little seed all of a sudden there's a root and there's a couple of leaves but it will take years and years for that little uh, seed to become a tree. And it will take years and years for that tree to bear fruit. And so what Jesus is saying here is that ultimately, you may not know it from the moment because Jesus warns us that be, be careful, beware of what? False teachers, false preachers, false prophets who come among you like wolves in sheep's clothing. That ultimately you may not know it from the moment, at that moment. You may be wowed or, or, or awed or impressed by their personality, their charisma, their speaking gift, their preaching gift, their Uh, you know, how they draw people in. But ultimately, you can tell a person or a false teacher and it will be revealed in in their character and in their teaching. See, fruit trees never lie. It's only a matter of time, not a matter of if, but a matter of when the truth comes out of who people really are. You guys know me, I love basketball, and I love Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, LeBron has been really doing well until, you know, this is his year 17. I think he might be second runner-up for MVP. But, you know, it's like, oh, LeBron, you know, he's going to, you know, he's timeless, right? He's like vino, wine. He, He gets better through time. But ultimately, father time is undefeated and his body will break down, he will have injuries, and his physical peak would ultimately decline, as sad as it may seem. Well, false teachers, over time, the, the, the fruit or the substance of who they are will eventually come out. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. So Paul tells his young protege, Timothy, hey, Timothy, watch yourself. Watch your character. Watch how you live your life. Watch how you're formed, your spiritual formation. Do you have? Are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control in your relationships? Are you growing in maturity in your relationships, in your spiritual disciplines, in your walk with God? Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. 2 Peter chapter 2, it gives us a warning about false Prophets or false teachers. Verse 1, it says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in what? Destructive heresies or false teaching. Okay? And Peter, he outlines three different things. Pay close attention to character. Would you write this down? Pay close attention to the character of pride, which is defying authority. Look at verse 1, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. That false teachers have a sense of pride where they defy authority, that they circumvent structure that's around them, that they don't keep themselves accountable That they think just because they have a gift or just because they have charisma or they have personality and talent for days that they could do whatever they want. That there is no submission and accountability. There's a lack of humility. And, you know, pride eventually it will come out. It will eventually reveal itself in how ultimately in this life we've seen flash in the pan like famous pastors and preachers and leaders who ultimately because of pride they've manipulated and they bullied and they coerced their way into the top so watch out for teachers who who, who are proud who are not accountable who are not teachable who think they are above the law even denying the Master who brought them, that they deny even Jesus. Secondly, write down, pay close attention to sensuality, which is sexual sin. Verse 2, 2 Peter writes, that many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. That a lot of false teachers, even though they started well or it seemed like they were legit characters but ultimately they fell into sin i've heard and i know of of pastors prominent and teachers who they said the lord told me that i should divorce my wife and marry my secretary who i've been having an affair with true story not only pride, but uh, sensuality or sexual sin. A third thing to watch for those who are leaders and those who preach and teach is pay close attention to the character of greed, which is love for money and material gain. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 3. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Again and again, Peter's description: greed, sensuality, and pride. It boils down to money, sex, and power. What false teachers throughout history have shared in common is not the specific nature of their doctrinal error, but the inevitability of moral compromise or the character in these general areas pay close attention don't be dazzled don't be impressed don't overrate this issue of character because ultimately who you are will come out one of my favorite quotes of pastor wayne is that men as leaders We can teach what we know, but ultimately we reproduce who we are. We can teach what we know from the Bible. Parents, we can teach our kids what we know, do this, do this. But ultimately, we are going to reproduce who we are. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7 says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of the what? Their way of life and imitate their faith. Now I'm going to switch the gears a little bit here from bad leaders to good leaders. A couple months ago, I I was following up and making some phone calls and... um, I talked to one of our church members who started going to our church about uh, late last year for a couple of months and uh, she just um, kind of confirmed and affirmed and said hey we've been going for a, a couple months we we like the church and the culture is good and everything's good the worship the kids program the word but it wasn't until you know your, your wife renee Uh, spoke about boundaries and that you as a pastor you understand your limit you understand limitation that you understand the importance of Sabbath that you rest so that the people of so God excuse me so that God can work and that spoke a lot to me that you are a, a person that Sabbaths and rests and you allow God to work, and you trust that Jesus is the head of his church. And when I heard that, it just kind of confirmed, it confirmed in me and my family that, man, this is uh, a leader worth following, this is a pastor worth listening to, and this is a church worth attending. Watch, look for the outcome or Hebrew says, or the way of life, how spiritual leaders lead uh, their homes, lead their marriages, is their health. Uh, about two years ago, uh, before we had the ministry center here, I was at Starbucks, and usually sometime. Um, I'm gonna give away one of my tips. Is that when I was at Starbucks, I would get uh, salted cold foam, cold brew, venti iced coffee, or yeah, cold brew coffee. And so, because I would stay there the whole day, get there early in the morning, and sometimes my wife uh, would, you know, run errands for the day or go to Target, of course, right? Go to Target and go with the kids and. they're like, oh, could you get me a refill for coffee so I'll get two for one? And usually she would just kind of park on the side and then let the kids run in. And um, I didn't know this, but one of the pastors, Um, at the the main campus in Sand Island, actually took a picture that my my two boys, older boys, came in. I think back then uh, Judo was about 12. And... No, it was about 10, but they came to Starbucks to get mom's coffee drink, but before they did that, they kind of, both of them, sat on my lap and um, this pastor took a picture, discreetly sent it to me. It's like, this is how I know that you're a genuine and a legit pastor, that your kids Uh, love you, that they show affection to you, that they respect you, that they honor you, that they look forward to seeing Dad. Um, Watch for the outcome of life. Look for the relational maturity. Don't just be uh, dazzled and impressed by uh, gifting or public speaking, but the outcome of life, their way of life, Hebrew says. Remember your leaders and imitate their way of life, imitate their faith. You see here, the author of Hebrews um, correlates faith to a way of life. That it's not just head knowledge of what the Bible believes, but faith is paralleled to or juxtaposed to how we live our lives. when we used to live in Aina Haina, uh, our uh, homeowner, our landlord's uh, sister uh, came by, and she uh, visited for a couple of days. And then I was out uh, getting ready to uh, go to work in the car. And as I got in the car, I was like, oh, so you're a pastor? I'm like, yeah, and she goes, you know. Um, I I I hear you the way you talk to your kids I'm like oh no what did you hear I'm like oh is it one of the times when I yelled you know and she said no 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 you you're so sweet to them and they're so sweet back to you and I just wanted to let you know I appreciate how you know you relate to your kids um but don't get me wrong <laughs> there've been times where You know, even going to Costco, just kind of raising my voice and yelling at the kids. And it's, I fall short, but, and we all do, but that general sense of uh, depth of character, it will ultimately reveal who you are. Not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Character never lies. The truth will eventually come out. You could fool some people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And uh, God will ultimately bring everything to light. Secondly, we'll close with this: is pay close attention to teaching. So there's a two-edged sword here. Don't just pay attention to their character, right? First Timothy says, but also pay close attention to their teaching. 1 John chapter 4 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many, here it is, false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is the Christ or Jesus is God is not from God. So it basically boils down to this when it comes to teaching that any teaching, any preacher that puts Jesus plus, Jesus plus church membership, Jesus plus uh, good works, Jesus plus baptism, Jesus plus circumcision, Jesus plus church membership, that is false teaching. Galatians, one of the very few epistles or books or letters that Paul wrote where he did not thank them. Usually he, he thanks whether it's the Thessalonians, Colossians, Ephesians, Corinthians, even some of those churches that were doing really bad, he still thanks them, the Christian triad for their faith, hope and love. But in the letters to Galatia, he says, man, I'm so quickly stunned in how you turned away from the gospel that if any person, even an angel from heaven, would preach a a, a gospel contrary to what you've heard from me, let that person be, the Greek word there is anathema, meaning let that person be eternally condemned. That Paul, he doesn't mess around when it comes to the gospel. Any preaching that is all good news without exposing or expressing the bad news, that's a false gospel. You can never truly understand the the good news if you don't first appreciate the bad news. Yes, God is love, but God is holy. Yes, you believe in Jesus, but you also gotta be a disciple and follow God that it's not enough just to be a convert and to have a yes moment, but we must have a lifestyle, the straight, difficult, narrow, hard road that leads to eternal life. You know, one of our our college kids uh, in our uh, church, took him out to breakfast and uh, he's just kind of distraught after Bible study. And he's like, oh, pastor, you know, Uh, there's these guys and they're Christian and they came and we started talking at first it was like too good to be true these guys are so loving and they're so caring and there's accountability and these guys are so uh, good and and then after a while they, they said oh you know you need to be a true disciple of Jesus you gotta forsake your family you need to start hanging out with us only and they turned out to be Uh, a cult because they started saying hey you got it's not enough for you to believe in Jesus you got to be baptized it's like what do you think about that pastor like hey you could tell a tree by its fruit look at their teaching and look at their character when the thief died on the cross he didn't get baptized This thief on the cross, as soon as he believed, Jesus said what, today you will be with me in paradise. This thief, his whole life sinned against God. This thief would never make up for all of his wrongdoings. This thief would never read the Bible. He would never go to church. He would never serve. He would never go to Bible study. But yet because of his belief in Jesus, he was saved. And this is the gospel. And I said, look at their lives. He goes, Yeah, man, they're really controlling and manipulative. And I told him, hey, you know, you told uh you know Ephesians two eight, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Tell them that. And I followed up with uh with him in a couple weeks and he said, you know, these guys, you know, they don't even talk to me anymore. They see me in the hallway, they turn the other way, and they don't even say hi to me because I don't, you know, because I said salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. From false prophets to where you're at, let me wrap this up. Crisis is, a, is, a, is a, the great accelerator. In other words when you and I go through crisis it accelerates this economic crisis this racial tension crisis that we're living through this civil unrest that's happening with the you know election coming up this crisis reveals Our character, it does not build our character. During this time of COVID, you guys already know, pornography searches have gone up 2,800% during this COVID crisis where there's pressure. It doesn't build your character. It reveals who you actually are. Domestic abuse has gone up. Child abuse has gone up. Alcoholism has gone up. And my encouragement to you this morning, John chapter 15, verse 8, let's go ahead and read this. By this my Father is glorified that you bear what? Much fruit. And when we bear fruit in our lives, in our character, we prove to be His Disciples. Crisis is a great accelerator. Things have been closed down, beaches, parks, the travel quarantine. It, it reveals who we, our character, who we really are. And, and time will tell. Just as, just as Father Time is undefeated, I think character is ultimately undefeated that it will eventually come out. May I encourage you those of you at home that don't just focus on your resume virtues, you guys know what I mean by resume virtues. It's those car, those competencies. It's what you would write down in your resume: your skills, your what you do, what you offer to the marketplace. Don't just focus on checklists and and to to do list, but could you focus on your eulogy virtues or your character. Don't just focus and check off what to do, but can you start checking off who do I want to be? Who has God called me to be? During the season of COVID, have you grown more? Have you grown more in your faith when it's easy to just not attend church anymore, and just like ah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Have you uh, become more dedicated in your affection for Jesus? Are you growing uh, as a more patient as a as a father? Are you growing more loving as a wife, children? Are you growing more um, obedient? that you're not just checking stuff off and doing, but you're actually being, and this is what fruitfulness is, is being who God has called you to be and doing what God has called you to do. Who It's who you are. It's your character. What kind of relationships? Are you becoming a loving person? Are you growing the fruit of the Spirit? And so this morning, let me pray for you, and I'm going to, pray that this season of crisis and pressure, that our character will be revealed and our character will be forged, that we will grow to be the disciples of Christ, that that we would bear fruit in our relationships and give glory to God. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we need you. Just like the old hymn, I need thee every hour. Every minute, every second, O oh Lord God, our lives hang on the balance of your grace and of your goodness. So Father, I pray that you would strengthen your people right now through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray, O oh God, that we would grow in character, that we would be people of integrity, Lord, that there would be a wholeness, that we are who we are in private, as we portray to be in public, Lord, as now we're kind of being kind of sheltered back in place, back in home, Lord, I just pray that you would work out, O Lord Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Lord, I pray, God, that we would grow closer to your Word, stir in us, O Lord God, a hunger, for your word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Lord, would you stir that thirst for your presence? Stir that hunger, Lord God, for your word so that we could be the Christ followers, the sons, the daughters, the husbands, the fathers, the aunties, the uncles, the grandparents, Lord, that you've called us to be and that we would do, Lord, what you've called us to do. Also, Lord, I pray that you would do this for your glory, for your honor your fame, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.